You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 187 with Angela Guzman. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. I thought it would be so great to have her on the show because she is going to share with us her story on how they went from two incomes down to one and her being the breadwinner. I just thought with COVID, everything changing, and I feel like people are either losing their jobs or getting laid off or people are taking pay cuts and people are having to kind of rethink how they're spending their money, the lifestyle that they're trying to keep up with, and what do they really want in their life? And so Angela made this decision well before COVID. Um, But I thought it would really be inspiring and encouraging just to hear what she has to say and why they made the decisions that they did and how it has been such a blessing um, to their lives and what they don't miss about having the double income, um, what comes with two parents working and just feeling that hustle and bustle and having a larger home and having to keep up with it. Things that sometimes I believe that we think is normal. And we're just like, this is the way of life. And we don't always challenge ourselves to think, but is this really working for ourselves? Like we can make decisions that are different than what we previously had made and that's okay. And so I just want to challenge you guys to think about your lives. If it's great, that's awesome. But if you kind of been thinking, you know what, I don't think it's working that both of us work or, you know what, I really want to try a different job, but that might mean less pay. I just want to encourage you guys to think outside of the box and just hear her story and see if anything resonates with you and and decide, like, is this really the life that you are wanting to live? I think this is the perfect time to evaluate that and see if you want to make any changes. Hey, you guys, welcome back to my favorite things segment. Today, I'm going to be talking about two products on Amazon. And the first one we've been using as a family for over 10 years. Um, Man, I don't even know. It could be 15 years. I have no idea. I've lost track. And the other one is for the kiddos. And it's something that I found during COVID to keep them busy. And I will be putting all the links in the show notes. But if you subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, it will be in your inbox every week. So you don't have to go searching for my favorite things segment ever again on the website. Um, So just make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com and enter your name and email so that it will be all at your fingertips. So that way, if you're trying to remember, oh, what did she say two weeks ago? Just pull up my emails and then you can just scroll through the um, the links within the email to find my favorite things. Um, but if you guys do have time and you want to scroll through the, my email, I mean my website, feel free to do that. You can find my favorite things at mominspiredshow.com forward slash favorites. And if it's beauty products or anything like skincare, that would be at mominspiredshow.com forward slash beauty. But going back to my favorite things, I'm going to start with the item that we've been using for years. Um, It is an egg sandwich maker. And so it's really a sandwich maker, but we use it for egg sandwiches to keep things so simple in the morning. And when Todd is working and driving, he will eat his egg sandwiches on the way to work. And it is so simple that our nine-year-old now makes egg sandwiches in the morning. So imagine you're giving your kids eggs and you don't have to clean a skillet and do all this cleanup. It's super easy. It's five minutes. So what we do is we open the egg sandwich maker. It's two slots for two sandwiches. You spray it with like an, we use an olive oil spray and then you crack one egg in each and then you put the bread on it and then you 
put the timer on for five minutes. Super, super easy. And then if you want, you can add onion salt. Um, we use Havarti cheese on our egg sandwiches. And if we want to get really fancy, sometimes if we have bacon, we'll add bacon or even salami. And it's just a really fun way to eat breakfast. And it's super simple. And I will put that all in the show notes. Or again, if you get my email, you will have that all at your fingertips. The other thing that I found is for the kids, and it's something that I found during COVID, and it's a um, straw constructor stem building toy, and it has 400 pieces. So I will say if you have really small kids and they like to put things in their mouth, the older kids will have to put this together somewhere else. But I really love that it's a STEM toy. Um, So both of my girls have truly enjoyed it. And even when they're kind of like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I will tell them, go work on something together, go build me something. And they will, even if they're kind of like, we've done that already. But once they get into it, they have so much fun and they work so well together. And I just feel good knowing that it's really using their brains and, you know, it's just helping them stay active in regards to using that part of the brain while we're not going into school. So again, I will put this all in the show notes, or if you get the email, it'll all be in the email, or you can find it on my website. So let's go to the show. Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I usually like to ask travel questions for my icebreakers, but with this whole COVID thing, I decided to change it up. And I wanted to ask my guests, what is the first thing you want to do when the quarantine is lifted? Mm, I want a date night, Um, just some good adult talking (laughs) that doesn't involve children. Um, And if I have time, maybe it's just to get a cup of coffee that's not my own homemade stuff. Yes. Um, That would just be amazing. Yes. If you could pick a restaurant, where would you want to go on your date night? Oh, honestly, I'm so desperate at this point. I could get a Chick-fil-A and be happy. (laughs) (laughs) There's other kids there. You're like, I don't care. Someone's (laughs) serving me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even care. I really don't even know. I haven't even thought that far yet. Just, I just want to be alone. (laughs) This is what's awesome. This is why I like asking this question because you never know what people are going to answer. That was great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really miss being served, you know, just having to cook all the meals at home and and stuff like I mean you can do carry out and stuff like that but generally as a whole you're you're cooking way more and all that kind of stuff and the cleanup and it's just it's a lot it's a lot and I'm just like oh yes I remember being waited on and you could just leave the table and you know and you're done and so I miss that so I totally understand um yeah and Chick-fil-A being like, you know, my pleasure. There is their <laughs> yeah. pleasure to help you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so let's get started. Um, how about you share with us your name, where you live, and how many kids you have, and what their ages are. And then uh, since you haven't been on the show before, I'll have you share with us what you do for a living after we go through the, the other things. Sure. Um, my name is Angela Guzman. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm originally from Norfolk, Virginia. I have two little girls, a 10-year-old and another one that's about to turn seven on Sunday. And um, my husband and I have been married for going on 15 years in August. Awesome. Speaking of birthdays, okay, so I totally understand that. My oldest, her birthday is April 1st. She's an April Fool's baby. And that was a disappointment that she was going to be home. And then my youngest, her birthday is May 1st. So um, their birthdays are a month apart. And they both are going to be missing school. And they wanted to see their friends. And, you know, it's just a disappointment for them. They wanted 
to be at school on their birthdays and, and do all these things and, you know, have a little party and whatnot. So how is your daughter doing with having her birthday during COVID? Uh, she's actually handled it pretty well. Um, the same thing though, she's upset that you mm-hmm. don't get to bring cupcakes to school, that she's not going to see her friends. Um, obviously we had to cancel her party and mm-hmm. postpone it for another day. Um, but we definitely, we're still going to have her little party yeah. with all the stuff that we already had. And leading up to it, we've been really intentional about having video call dates with her friends just oh, to, yeah. that way she didn't feel like, you know, like they were gone forever. Yes. Um, so yeah, for sure. Like things like that have really helped pepper me mood up, mood up a little bit and just keep her, um, keep her more positive. About yeah. It. Yeah. I totally understand. I mean, it is just a whole different thing. I mean, I'm having to figure out like, okay, so my oldest is going to FaceTime with one of her friends, you know, do I need my phone at that point? And is it charged? So I'm just, it's like things that I never were having to think about before, but you know, like trying to help my uh, nine-year-old, you know, keep in contact with her friends. My five-year-old, it's been a, a little bit more challenging. What I realize is we don't have a lot of her friends' parents' numbers and the teachers can't give that out. So uh-huh. I haven't like, dug really deep to figure that out because she hasn't been asking, but I'm kind of like, oh yeah, this is where that becomes a problem when you don't have people's information ahead of time. So, you know, for the next pandemic, Mm -hmm. make sure you have everyone's phone numbers. (laughs) (laughs) All the things that you realize. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you just tell us really quick what you do for a living? Sure. I am an editor at HarperCollins Publishing. Actually, that's why we moved here to Nashville um, for my career. I'm also a contributor for Thrive Global that's ran by Ariana Huffington in New York. That's awesome. Yeah. So you work at, um, you don't work at home. You're working from home right now, but you don't normally work from home full-time, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to have you on is because, um, you know, you and your husband decided a few years ago to change your lifestyle and um, stop working as much and allow your husband to stay at home and you di- and you downsized your life pretty much. And the reason why I thought this would be really good to talk about during this time frame is because I know there's so many layoffs happening, furloughs, people are losing their jobs. And even if people haven't had any of those things happen, I know it's floating in the back of people's minds that this could happen. And I think up till now, except for when we had the recession. So after like 2008, 2010, um, you know, we've been living kind of in a bubble, right? And so the stock market hasn't crashed and um, we haven't had a recession. So we've all been living like a pretty good life. And so I feel like people were kind of getting to a point where they might've felt untouchable and they didn't have to worry about this. But now you know, here we are in uncertain times. We don't know if we're going to have our jobs at the end of this. And so I wanted to encourage the listeners to really think about their lifestyle and um, does it truly fit their needs? And, you know, do they feel good living the way that they do or are they overextending, overextending themselves and stressing themselves out? So I thought, why not what, what would be a better way to hear someone who's actually done it, um, not because of this, um, that you chose this, um, you weren't forced to do this. And so just to give the listeners, you know, a different perspective and maybe some ideas and maybe this will change their lives, you know, for the better. And um, so, yeah, how about you just share with us, Angela, um, how you even came up with this? Just walk us through all of this for us. 
Sure, absolutely. So about, I would say, five years ago, um, my husband was working full-time. He had been in his profession for over a decade. He was an HVAC foreman. So he ran jobs, you know, the big Walgreens jobs and other um, big strip mall jobs to install the HVAC. He was, you know, moving up in his career and had, again, had been doing it for a really long time. I was um, at a job that was, you know, pretty pretty um, secure. I was an editor in Norfolk. Um, at that time, my youngest was probably maybe like one or two years old and in daycare, obviously not like in preschool or anything like that, but in a full-time daycare. And then my oldest, we would take her to before care. She'd go to school then go to aftercare. And for those moms listening, you know, or you know, dads listening, the hustle of trying to make sure your kid mm-hmm. is not the last kid um, at pickup mm. is a real challenge. Um, we would try to offset things a little bit to where my husband would pick them up. And he did the majority of the time, but he was also a, a student um, in college, just trying to get his associate's degree for his trade um, and to get certification. So the nights that he would work, you know, it was it was literally a race to make sure that I, I mean, was there on time, really, mm. for being honest, to pick up my kids. Um, then you get home and you're exhausted after work and you're trying to make dinner and homework. And at that time, we only had um, one daughter that was, you know, needed to do homework. It's just exhausting. We were so tired. We were just emotionally drained. Um, we had this big to us house that had a pool and just all the things that you want to feel comfortable. The reality is, we had a four bedroom house and we had we didn't need it really, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we're just running ourselves ragged to make this crazy income so that we can keep up this lifestyle. Um, at my, at my job there in Norfolk, I was kind of hitting a wall where there really wasn't room to advance. And I realized that we were really just choosing comfort to be close to our family and friends versus really kind of spreading our wings and traveling and and just, you know, putting applications out to see what would happen if I did try to get another job somewhere. Um, he, you know, he, unfortunately, in the construction field, it takes a toll on your body. And it takes a really long time to kind of get into that office job for his profession. So we kind of we made the decision that I would probably be the one to make more of an income. And if we cut back and weren't, you know, didn't have this big house, have car payments or anything like that. Uh, so I went, I interviewed and got rejected a bunch. I, I mean, I put interviews out from as far as California to New York. Um, I had some really good ones. Some of the things that were more uh, civil service or government workers um, profession, mm. the, the funding didn't work out. So it was kind of, you know, was bummed about that took a break for a couple months and we were also working on our finances to make sure that we could afford a move and, you know, the house that we could sell it and, and all of that. Um, and then I got a job in DC and mm. we, I worked there for about a year, hated it, <laughs> hated. We, and then we had downsized of course to the one income and DC is just oh, crazy expensive. expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were paying a ridiculous amount of money in rent um, to live in a townhouse. Yeah. So we kind of reevaluated things. We knew that we did not want him to go back to work. It was so much easier if the kids were sick or just to have that TLC for a parent to be home. So we adjusted things a little bit and I 
actually my supervisor, um, old supervisor here at HarperCollins, she had posted a job on LinkedIn. I responded to her and we kind of assessed our budget again. Just, okay, can we afford to do another move? We learned a lot from the other move to DC of what we did right, what we did wrong, and just financially wise. Um, And then we moved to Nashville. But I think just realizing and recognizing that it's really not worth it at the end of the day. You're going to drive yourself crazy if you're trying to keep up this image of this big house, this white picket fence of all the things. And at the end of the day, you're just, you're not really content with it all. You're sad. You don't spend that time with your children like you want to. You don't spend that time with your spouse like you want to. And you're just really mentally drained. It took us a while to kind of really grasp that, I think. Um, you know, you that's you were kind of taught that you want that kind of white, white picket fence thing. And no one really talks about, um, you know, just being content with things. It's always like the next thing, right? It's like, yeah. you know, oh, well... I got this. I now I have to, you know, now my goal is this. No one's ever just happy with what they have. You okay, you have your kids, you have a happy marriage. Be content with that for a while. You know, focus on life, focus on the simple things. Um, so it took us a while to get to that point. And honestly, that year in DC was such a I'm glad that it happened because it was really the the kick in the butt to mm. get everything straight, organized, you know, organizational wise, how our schedules needed to um, work and financial, you know, financially, how we needed to really play things out better. Um, obviously, we don't eat out a bunch and we're not taking these lavish vacations and things like that. But that that experience taught us a whole bunch that when we moved to Nashville, we were really able to understand what we needed to do um, to make everything really work. Yeah, I was thinking, how was that for your husband to stop working? You know, a lot of times people um, in situations, it's the woman that stays home and for the most part. So um, was it hard for him to stay home, not only just for himself, but did he ever think like, what are people going to think that I'm staying home? I mean, because we still are not to the point, I feel like, in society that it's completely you know, the norm for, you know, the husband, the the dad to stay home, even though it's completely fine. Right. But I still mm-hmm. do think that there's stigma to that a little bit. So um, how was that for him? Like, did, did he have a hard time transitioning or was he really fine with it? And did anybody give him a hard time, like his family or anything like that, that he was going to stop working and kind of like be like, oh, your wife is going to, you know, make the money. You're going to put it onto her. I feel like that. I feel like people would razz people in that way in, in that regard. So I wonder if you ran up against any of those challenges. Oh, a hundred percent. And still today, a hundred percent. Um, I think for sure the first year was really difficult because everyone, you know, with the Mr. Mom or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever other sarcastic and cynical taglines that they put to it. Um, like you said, it, it's probably more accepted in 2020. But even mm-hmm. three or four years ago when we started it, it was right. kind of taboo. People automatically think something's wrong or yeah. you know, that he's a single dad or something. You know, right. just, That's what I mean. They don't, yeah. yeah, they don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely way more comfortable with it now. Yeah. I also think being a girl dad is difficult too because, you know, oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not, you know, they're, they're, I guess you can call them tomboys or whatever, just because they play sports, <laughs> you know, or, or do active things. But, um, yeah, I think that was definitely a challenge and we still go through it, you know, sometimes 
today, Mm. people that learn that he stays at home and that I work outside of the home, it's definitely something they're like, well, how are you doing it? Or why are you doing it? And then when you kind of, if, when you explain to them, well, our quality of life is so Mm -hmm. much better with, you know, having just one income and one person working outside of the home, like he's still like, you know, he's still working. He's probably, you know, he's doing way more than I am, but at the same time, our children, you know, you don't have to feel bad and take mm-hmm. all your PTO when your kid is sick. Or yep. if your kid wants you to come for some event, he's able to go. And it's yeah. not like, a, oh, well, you know, I have to break your heart because I can't go feeding yeah. or whatnot, or having to drive long distances back and forth um, to make those things happen. It's a given, like he can go do a story time. Um, I think another thing that a lot of people, even you know, people that I meet are just kind Mm -hmm. of like, how do you guys do it? Or, you know, they don't understand the financial aspect of it, how it's possible. But I think if you're willing to, you know, you're going to, you know, obviously you're going to have to let go of some things. You're not going to live in that huge house that you're probably not even using all the space to. You probably aren't going to drive, you know, um, the brand new car or anything like that. But is your family important to you? Is it worth that sacrifice? Mm-hmm. And I think for him, that's like his response is, you know, this is the sacrifice I'm, I've made and I'm continuing to make for my family dynamic. And it's really just, I mean, the quality of life has been wonderful. And when we do face a challenging time, like the pandemic, <laughs> or yep. even just, you know, sick kids, um, this is just, I mean, this is the best of both worlds because I have, we have somebody home that can kind of give the kids still that attention that they need and deserve. Um, and it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it's not daycare. Well, and you said something, people were asking you, like, how do you do it? So you're, you're saying that a lot of people that are double income are trying to figure out how you're doing it on one income. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely, I think in the beginning when we told people we were going to do, you know, we, I was going to go be the main, you know, the Mm. breadwinner of the family. I think they did like wonder like how long is that going to work? And I mean, to be Mm -hmm. honest, yeah, to be honest, we were too, like, could we even do this and, you know, make this work emotionally and financially. Um, but, but yeah, like, I think there's a balance of it. We definitely check in with each other to make sure you know, every year, like, okay, is this still a good decision? Yeah, for our I family? like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, having those yearly check ins, or sometimes if, you know, it's been a crazy year, which this year has, it'll probably be like, be like a two or three time check in. Like, are, are we <laughs> Do still you still good? want this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we definitely we have those check ins and those honest conversations. Um, and, you know, there's going to be times where we're not going to take these, you know, travel a bench to the, you know, to these different vacations. But at the same time, our time together every day is something that's, you know, it's memorable and no one can ever take that stuff away. Yeah. You know, I, I have this conversation a lot with um, my husband, Todd, and and also friends and stuff like that, because sometimes it's tempting for me to just go back into a traditional job, you know, where I know my salary and I don't make a ton of money. Um, I'm a travel agent and stuff like that. And the podcast is, you know, um, it's a, it's a labor of love, you know, pretty much, but, and I make some money and whatnot, but it's, it's nothing crazy. And it's all kind of the extras. We don't live off of it. Cause look at right now, 
all of that has gone away. So like my travel stuff, I've even done my job, I've done my work and I've had to cancel all these trips. So imagine working and then not getting paid. And so that is what I'm experiencing right, right now. It's like a travel, um, it's like a real estate agent. Like they do all the work and then they have to close it and then they make the money. So um, it's really good that we don't rely on that money, but it is tempting sometimes for me to be like, hey, I should just go to a corporate job, go to Mars, go to somewhere, right? And and, and work. I used to work in you know the business field and HR and stuff like that. But I also know that I see the moms and the dads that are working and the moms, I feel like a lot of things fall on the moms. Like they're still trying to do a lot of the things that you would stereotypically think the moms are handling and they just seem completely worn out. And so it's like, okay, do I really want to do that? And, um, put the kids in before care, after care, kind of like what you're saying, running around and doing it. And granted, some people really have to do that. But like mm-hmm. you're saying, um, you know, we definitely don't live in the biggest homes um, around here. We still live very comfortably. It's, it's not to say that, but it's, but, you know, a lot of people have already upgraded to another home. We've lived here for 13 years. People are all, already in their second home. We're not. And we haven't even changed over our house and and um, remodeled, which I would love to. I don't know why people put oak cabinets in a house 13 years ago. <laughs> what were you thinking? I don't understand. It was a brand new home and their finances fell through. So it was a brand new home. So they put Formica in. So I'm telling all of you guys this. I don't have granite and I don't have quartz <laughs> counters, which I really want. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always pick travel over remodeling the home. Um, that's why I decided to become a travel agent because for me, um, I feel like the kids are going to have more memories with traveling than, you know, they're, they're not going to care that I have a white quartz countertop. You know, if I could do it all, I would, but, um, my whole point is, is sometimes I'm like, oh, but if I worked a more traditional job, I would have that money. I'd be able to, you know, change over the kitchen and all that and go on vacation. But at the same time, you know, the 50, other weeks in the year when I'm not on that vacation or something like how crazy is my life. Right. So, um, and during this, you know, pandemic, I'm seeing a lot of people who work outside of the home and they're kind of liking that it's slowed down, that they're not rushing out the door, that they can sit and have their coffee and obviously they can work from home. Um, and they just like that. They're not constantly running from here to there. And, um, so that is something to be said, what you're saying in regards to what what is your quality of life, right? And sometimes you mm-hmm. have to live in that craziness to know that it's not worth it, right? Like to be like, mm-hmm. mm, this isn't this isn't good for us. And so I guess I'm curious on how you guys figured out if people were listening to this and they're like, okay, but how are we going to figure this out? Like, how are we going to drop to one income? How did you make this idea a reality? And and then I'm going to have you kind of talk about, um, you know, just simplifying your life and and what that looks like. Yeah. Well, first, and you make a really good point. And I, I do want everyone to know, like, there's some families that do need, like yeah. they have, they do yes. need to put their kids in daycare and that's totally fine. No one is judging or anything like that. Um, that's, that's totally fine. I think for us, we toyed with the idea for a while, um, kind of, you know, wrote our things out. Like what is every single expense down to the gas that we put in our car? Um, the food that we're purchasing, like all of that. And we put it all down. And for us, it was really the house payment that we were making was ridiculous. And we had this wonderful pool, I guess it's wonderful, um, that 
was fantastic, but it's so expensive. Anybody that has a pool, oh, like, a pool like is expensive you, to maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you dump shock into the pool, you feel like you just ju- dumped like a lot of money into the pool. <laughs> and we were realizing that, like that, just I mean, yes, we we loved it, but it was it was just a stupid amount of money to be spending. Um, and then the other really expensive thing, other than the house payment, was daycare. We realized how much money we were spending. Oh yeah, and then looked at that money. Um, based on our incomes, you know, and what we are spending on like buying lunch and the gas to go back and forth for work and things like that. So for us, um, it was really just, okay, we need to downsize the house. We don't need a pool. It's great. You know, it's great for entertainment. The family loves it and things like that, but it's not a necessity. And we also, if we can eliminate daycare, then that's a huge cost. Yeah. Because then we won't be, you know, one of us wouldn't need to go out to eat or, you know, all the gas money that's being that's being put into the tanks for that. So once we kind of had that conversation, I think we probably had it maybe like six months before we actually kind of pulled the trigger and um, we toyed with the idea and, you know, everyone's like, oh, this, this, this sounds great on paper, but right. <laughs> how is this actually going to happen? So we, you know, we never were really into fancy cars or anything like that. So we didn't have like a bunch of car payments or anything like that. Um, but once we did have one, one of the cars paid off, we thought, okay, this is a good starting point. We're never, ever going to, you know, get into crazy debt with a car. Um, and we're just going to make really smart decisions about the houses we're looking at. We knew like a square footage, looked at the cost um, of square footage per dollar, what we could afford and, what we were spending on eating out and things like that was just embarrassing. Mm. So, you know, even if it's just like going to go get a cup of coffee or Mm -hmm. if you're going to get like a snack or something like that from the vending machine, when you really write that down, it's scary. And it's, it's sad that you're spending that much useless money and you have nothing to show for it. Um, I, we had read, you know, Dave Ramsey's works and really looked at all of that Mm -hmm. to see, his opinion on how we could just be more financially happy and healthy. Yeah. So once we assessed that and also looked at the places where we were, I was applying for a job, we just made sure about, you know, when we were looking at houses that we weren't being impulsive and trying to get a house that was again, like what we had stuck ourselves with (laughs) is great, you know, huge house and, and really just realized, okay, does everybody have a bedroom? Do we have, we had to at least have two bathrooms. That was a must. Yeah. Um, with all girls. Yes. <laughs> so yes. We, we, we did that. But yeah, does it have a yard? You know, well, is it a good school district? We just really paid attention to mm. things that were really going to help our family be healthy yeah. and happy. Um, and I think focusing on that, once we figured all of that out and and prepared our families for us to move away, um, it, it really just, it kind of worked itself out. We realized like, okay, yes, the spreadsheet says that we can afford this much money, you know, to spend and have outgoing, but where, what can I actually cut? So do we really need cable? Can we do an online streaming? Do we really need to, you know, um, go out to eat three times a week or two times a week? Can we just do one? And then maybe not do any at all, just, just to save money. So we assessed those kind of spends and really were able to save a ton of money to where it added up to his income. Wow. Um, 
That's you know? awesome. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure like, it was, like, you know, it was a few hundred dollars less than what he sure. was making. But yeah. at the same time, is that grind worth the time mm-hmm. you're missing away from your family? Yeah. And for us, it just, it wasn't. Yeah. So it was a process for sure. And we still, you know, we, we all go and get into those moods mm-hmm. where you see people going in all these vacations and things yeah. like that, or not even vacations, just like you said, having the granite, you know, mm-hmm. the granite yeah, in their house. I know. Picture, <laughs> picture perfect farmhouse. Yeah. And that's yeah. Not, yep. not in my budget. So but that's okay. You know, yeah. it's totally fine. So yeah. we've learned to, I think that's another thing too, is we've taught our kids or are still teaching our kids that stuff is replaceable, but the family element is mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So if we can focus on the family dynamics versus the stuff that we see in the stores or mm-hmm. whatnot, um, it's it's just, it's helped us tremendously. So we don't yeah. have more things to clean up and just, and, and all of that. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, do you mind me asking what the square footage of your home was in Virginia? And then, and then what is your square footage here in Asheville? Yeah, our in Virginia it was like right about twenty three hundred. Okay, and in Nashville, I believe the house is fifteen hundred. So probably so did help. Lost, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, we lost a bedroom. Um, we still have like the same bathroom space, but the other yeah. bedrooms are a little bit smaller than that was. Yeah, and then we lost like the the extra the great room or the oh, playroom yeah. that we yeah. called it. We lost yeah. that as well. So in DC, was it probably the similar square footage of the Nashville one, just a lot more expensive? Well, in DC, they don't have anything smaller than like two thousand. Oh, square feet. even though it's a townhome, interesting. Yeah, it's okay. just it was actually three levels. Oh yeah, uh, but it was a townhome and it was very cut up and, and yeah. it just it wasn't. It's hard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's cheap. Obviously, I was making. Yeah. Way more money in DC because the cost of living and things like that are higher. Um, but that was one of the learning things for sure. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, we're downsizing. We got rid of everything, but this still isn't working. Like, yeah, we still it's expensive. Don't. Right. Yeah. 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 So we realized that. And plus, just the hustle of DC. Um, oh, yeah. It's great to visit, but mm-hmm. I just got to live there. I didn't, I didn't live yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's like saying you're going to go downsize um, to California, but then you're like, we're spending more money on a smaller place. (laughs) It was definitely like a learning curve of, okay, so this is still not working. We're not happy. This is expensive. Yes. I'm making more money and whatnot. And my career's, you know, I'm getting growing in my career, but this is still not working. Like we realized that community and atmosphere was just not really our vibe. And I'm, I'm happy that we still did it. Um, cause it definitely, I feel like it made us more social and intentional when we moved to Nashville, yeah. um, which we love and, and really, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have never thought that I would have loved Nashville or love Nashville as much as we do. Yeah, it is a great area. That's for sure. Um, I have one more question about this and then we'll just jump into the questions I've been asking other guests. How has it been for your husband to not have a career you know, for himself? Because I, I can imagine even if um, the husbands are not going to stay home, but maybe the wives are on the fence about, you know, quitting their job, you know, and this is tough because if I feel like when people really truly love their jobs, I, I feel like it, it may be worth it for them to keep doing it, right? But I feel like it's more when the people maybe they don't absolutely love it or they're not making, you know, enough for it to be like, is this really worth it? I don't know. Um, but still, even with that aside, 
how has that been for your husband to kind of not have a career to kind of focus on? And, you know, cause even moms that stay home, um, sometimes they can just feel like, is this it? Like, uh, what am I doing? Am I just talking to the kids all the time and taking care of the house? You know? So I wondered how has it been for your husband in regards to that? Yeah, he's definitely, it's been adjustment. Um, I think, like I said before, like the first year was definitely really hard. Um, just because, yeah, like you get, you get kind of depressed. You were so constructive and you feel like you're not being constructive anymore and he can build things. Like I just, it's a piece. I say, I point to something. He's like, yeah, I could totally do that. I can build it. Yeah. So I think that not him not being able to do that and, Mm. and just that see that physical production was, was tough for a while. Um, he does, he's he skateboarded since he was uh, since I met him okay which is a very long yeah. time ago okay um, not to age myself but yeah. <laughs> um but he's really into skateboarding so what he has done is he created an Etsy shop and he started making boards and oh. he that constru- yeah that constructive process nice. helped him you know kind of give him a creative outlet yeah. but also something that he was happy with and I yeah like he could make a you know if he could make money to support his hobby and the kids yeah. hobby of skateboarding then that's great and fantastic um but i think it's also shows it was a reinforcement that he could basically build anything that he wanted to build if he put his I mind like to it that. Kind of thing. And that's, that's where I think it does help to be staying home in, you know, 2020 and, um, you know, 2019, 18, 17, whatever, um, that as he's around, all these things are available, you know, that I can do a podcast from home and be a travel agent, like compared to back in the day when you wouldn't been able to do any of this stuff. So it just gives you so much more, uh, creative freedom, in my opinion, to be able to do those things, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's really, it's been awesome. He's sold boards all across the US, like some in California. Um, I think a couple months ago, maybe it's been a little bit longer than that. Um, somebody in New York purchased one of his boards and has it hanging up in their restaurant. Nice. It's just, you know, that cool things like that. And he does all the art himself. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that has really just given him a creative outlet where he's still constructing something physical and can still feel productive. I like that. That is really cool. Okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that information with us. Um, I definitely think that will help people come up with some ideas or maybe they'll start having some family meetings on, you know, maybe changing up their lives and whatnot. Um, but I do want to ask you during this time frame um, with COVID, what are some challenges or what is your biggest challenge that you're dealing with right now, um, either with yourself or your family? Um, so I think personally, for sure, is trying to just stay optimistic. And when I'm not feeling positive or mm-hmm. optimistic that day, not projecting that on my family. I know like it feels like for everybody, at least for myself, that it feels like it's just never going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. new normal is the new normal, which I <laughs> hope and pray scary. it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think personally, that has been challenging to wake up every morning and say, okay, I'm I'm doing my job. I'm still being productive and, and all of this and producing books and and all, but that it's going to be okay. Kind of reassuring myself that it's going to be okay. Um, I think as a family, the homeschooling dynamic has really been just a huge (laughs) adjustment. I have this newfound appreciation for For teachers and homeschooling mothers. Yes. Yes. That's like a whole nother realm. I just, I can't even, it's really hard. And we've tried to, definitely give the kids the work that their teachers are providing them and trying to supplement where we can supplement so they don't feel like it's busy work and that they're actually still 
productively learning and, and, and it's school, but it's just at home. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the whole homeschooling element has definitely been for as a family dynamic um, has been the most challenging part of that. I think that is what's been the hardest for me because, you know, a lot of when you think about homeschooling, a lot of parents do a lot of due diligence to figure out what curriculum they want to do. And then are they going to sign up for um, I'm totally blanking on the word when they go to another they go somewhere, you know what I mean? Like they might go to a class one time a week or something like that. So it changes it up. They socialize with other kids and stuff like that. And you're prepping your mind for it. Not just everything's dumped on you. You didn't have things set up. I mean, how many people are scrambling trying to figure out like, what are they doing this on it? Everybody needs headphones. Uh, now you need to link everything up. Luckily, my husband is really good with all that stuff. I mean, if it was just me, I would been so overwhelmed. I was already overwhelmed. I had to keep telling him like, listen, here's all the links. This is what they need to do. It needs to be on the computer. I can't, I can't teach them if I can't get to this link and they kind of need to know how to get to the link somewhat easily on their own so that I'm not standing over them for, you know, every second of the day. And so I think to be thrown into it as well. And then it's on top of your day of whatever your day looked like before. So now you're trying to cram this all in, you know? And so I think that's been challenging. And I like that you were saying that you're trying to just not do busy work because I think people don't know where to land with this. They're kind of like, ah, oh, I, I don't want to be too structured, but they need some kind of structure and there's some routine. And then, but they also need to be outside and running and, and enjoying the sunshine. And then, oh, we don't want them to have too much screen time. I mean, I, it's so bonkers. Like, I mean, I don't even know. I, I mean, and then they can't even go hang out with friends. So, you know, I heard someone say that really what's happening is they're losing the most fun parts of school and they're getting the bad parts in the sense of <laughs> the learning at home, but they're losing recess. They're learning, they're losing their friends and, and socializing and, you know, gym and all that kind of fun stuff that you get kind of celebrating your birthday at school. And then it's like, oh, here, now, you have to just do all the learning um, at home. And so yeah. that's been hard, you know, and then, and then for us, um, we, we live in Williamson County for people that don't live here. Nashville is um, in Davidson County. Um, but all of this is optional. So then you're kind of like, well, I, okay, well, so how much should I really be doing? I don't know. Um, and then what is it going to look like going into the next grade? So um, is it optional for you guys? All the stuff they're giving yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, it's optional. The teachers are definitely amazing and, and have really stepped it up. I think, but like mm -hmm. you, you know, it's, it's hard because mm -hmm. then the kids they're you know, the kids are like, well, we're not turning this in. Right. Yeah. So like, what's the and, motivation? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that's definitely been challenging to articulate to little kids that yeah. you still need to do this, um, that it's still important. And the teachers are learning too, though, right? They've never dealt with right. this and they no never, has, they've yeah. never, yeah, they've yep. never had to teach from afar, especially like our, my <laughs> children kids. are in elementary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids, yeah. My kids are in elementary school. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's just hard to, um, it's hard for those teachers yeah. to understand it. And then, you know, my oldest is in middle school and it's still like all of the different teachers kind of correlating all of that for their cluster. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning experience for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Angela, when all of this gets lifted, um, you know, I know that you guys already have made big life changes. So I don't know if there's a ton that you would change because of this, but you know, when life goes back to normal, um, are there any changes that you would like to see implemented in your life? And it can just be you or it can be your family as a whole. 
Sure. So every day, I mean, like we basically do all the same things with like family dinners. That's a daily thing. Um, you know, we kind of come together as a family at night and we're either watching TV or, you know, playing a game or something like that. So we're, we're usually pretty intentional about that. But what I have loved is just kind of being able to take like those afternoon walks yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. those midday walks and things like that. So that's, that's been precious and the yeah. kids have really enjoyed that time. So I think maybe just me and my husband, probably more me, cause I'm the control freak. <laughs> but I, I just need to realize like, okay, you know what? A walk around the block, blowing bubbles for 15 minutes. Who cares <laughs> if you yes. know, dinner is like right. not right promptly starting now. Yeah. yeah like yeah. we're all going to survive. We've survived coronavirus, you know, things like that. Um, I think like kind of just being having more fun really and just yeah. saying like to myself, like, look at, you know, it's totally fine if we do that. And the girls, they just really enjoy um that one-on-one time that's not so routine, that's not like within their daily regiment, just whether it's a walk or going to the park spontaneously or, or yeah, whatnot. Right. Yeah, trying yes. to be intentional about that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen so many people out and about um, walking or riding a bike. So the way that our house is positioned, our kitchen window looks out into the main drive that comes into our sub. And there's a sidewalk that you can walk along. Um, There's trees, so I can't completely see them, but I can see... I can see people. Um, And then I was talking to you about this before the show. They created a really nice trail along this road. So people are trying to get to that. And so when I'm in the kitchen cooking and stuff like that, I can see so many families. And I've said, I'm like, I've never seen so many people out and about because there's nowhere else to go, you know, and, and it's finally nice here in Nashville. If, if you don't live here, it gets so hot in the summer. So this really is our prime summertime. Like we have to take advantage of this because then it gets so hot that you're like dying. You're like, I'm not going out there. It's so humid. <laughs> um, so it is interesting to see that. And, and that's one thing that has stood out to me that I'm like, oh, this is really good for us to get out in the fresh air walk and just have that time. And so, um, yeah, so I totally see what you're saying. Um, so Angela, we're at the end of the show and I wanted to ask you, what is one thing that you're doing for yourself daily to kind of help you just stay grounded and not, you know, lose your mind? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I probably in the beginning was definitely not doing this at all. Um, but just taking a couple minutes in the morning Mm -hmm. and whether it's, you know, downstairs before everybody wakes up or, or, you know, as I'm getting ready, just, it's just me and it's not, you know, mom, this mom, that just taking a couple moments of silence and just kind of getting in the jaw, the, the rhythm of understanding like, okay, like have a positive outlook, you know, this is, it's going to be okay. You know, whatnot, just kind of having those couple minutes of quiet time with myself and kind of, I guess, saying like, not even really saying them out loud, but just in my head, reciting these self affirmations have, have helped me, um, especially the past couple of weeks where, you know, things are still trying to organize homeschool schedules and work schedules and just all of the other distractions. And will we have toilet paper? Will we have paper towels? Yes. (laughs) Just all of that. Um, those couple minutes of just quiet time and telling myself, uh, that I can, that I can get it done and that it's going to be okay. I think that's definitely been a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I do think it's good to kind of get up before the kids and, you know, before they start hammering you with all the questions (laughs) and that you can't even think about what you 
we're thinking about because they're now all their questions are in your mind. So I do think that's a good thing to do, even if it's not an hour before they get up just to have 10 minutes or something where it's just kind of you and your thoughts and, um, you know, before you just start the day. So Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the mom inspired show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.